This is the Black and Blue Report, presented by ABC Insurance Agencies. A better choice for insurance. Now, from Studio B or wherever the Saints and Pelicans might be, here's Brianna Nowlin and Cassie Calvert. Welcome to this Friday edition of the Black and Blue Report presented by ABC Insurance Agencies. You're back with Bree and Cassie, and we're going to talk a little Saints football coming off that tough Thursday night football loss last night at the Carolina Panthers. That was a final score of 23-20, to 20, and that one stings a little bit this morning. I'm still really upset about it. It's <laughs> not the best way to start my Friday. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was a tough game to watch, especially just that first half. I mean, at halftime, we were down 20-3. to three. We only had a field goal. We had two turnovers in the first half, an interception and a fumble by Drew Brees. And then there were three Carolina drives that started in New Orleans territory in the first half. It was just a tough first half. Hopefully, all of my Saints fans didn't lose faith at halftime because we, ha- we came back a little bit, didn't quite get the win, but we definitely closed that gap in the second half for sure. Um, w- that blocked field goal attempt, that ended in a penalty, but then immediately Cam Newton threw for a 40-yard touchdown. I mean, and that was right before halftime. So I'm, I'm thinking that at least there was some kind of pep talk or something going on at halftime because we definitely turned it around. The defense did a great job. Um, overall, it was... A a tough game to watch as a Saints fan. What do you think? Definitely. I think Coach Payton talked after the game that special teams just really didn't come through last night for the Saints. You talked about that blocked field goal. There was Kenny Vaccaro's rushing the kicker penalty that gave the Panthers a fresh set of downs, which they ultimately got a field goal out of. But still, that's three points more on the board. And that was the difference in the game right there. Like, Mm -hmm. you can't just – he really talked about you can't – you have to, can't beat yourself, you know, like you, you want to be fighting the opponent, not yourself too. And I think that was the story of last night's game. The Saints defense looked incredible, holding one of the top offenses right. in the NFL, like without a touchdown in the second half. They, like you said, they only had a field goal in the second half and that allowed the Saints to kind of make a drive back into the game there. But then they haven't been like that great throughout the season. So they have really improved the past couple of games, but one positive, Drew Brees did make it to that 3,000-yard mark, which is for the 12th consecutive season. So he's still putting up good numbers. Obviously, Saints still have a lot of faith in him. But special teams, just really the story of the game last night for the Saints. Yeah, I mean, overall, we had a couple mistakes that ended up, Drew Brees mentioned it in his press conference last night, that ended up costing us 10 points just right there from the interception and from that fumble. Um, so it was tough, but overall we had 371 total yards, which outnumbered Carolina's 223 total yards, 264 of those were passing yards and 107 were rushing. Um, again, we had two turnovers total, both in the first half, Drew Brees threw for 35 of 44 attempted passes, 285 yards and two touchdowns. Tim Hightower had 12 carries for 69 yards, averaging 5.8 yards per carry and his longest run was 27 yards eight receptions for 57 total yards and Mark Ingram had seven carries for 28 yards and three receptions for 48 47 yards total Brandon Cook seven receptions total for 42 yards and rookie wide receiver Michael Thomas had five receptions for a total of 58 yards Um, we had Will Lutz who kicked a 30-yard field goal in the fourth quarter I mean in the third quarter which 
kind of started that comeback. And then we had a nine-yard touchdown reception by Brandon Coleman at the start of the fourth quarter. Kobe Fleener had an eight-yard touchdown with eight minutes left in the game. And unfortunately, we fell short. But the defense held Carolina to only 223 yards. They averaged only 1.9 yards per carry. And Cam Newton completed less than 50% of his passes, 14 of 33 for 192 total yards and one touchdown. Plus, he was sacked twice. So that was good. Donnell Ellerby and Nate Stupar. Hey, <laughs> killing that. All right. John DeShazer was at that game last night, and we'll hear from him coming up. We're going to hear his thoughts about the game and his takeaways heading into this next upcoming game against the Rams. Thursday was also a big day on the Pelicans side. Pelicans welcomed Drew Holiday back. He was back yeah. at practice yesterday. He addressed the media. He really talked about how much support he's felt from the organization and his teammates yesterday and gave an update on the status of his wife, who is healthy, able to take care of herself, and their daughter, Drew Tyler. But from here on out, he wants it to be about basketball. So mm -hmm. his focus is coming into the Portland game tonight. The Pelicans will host Portland tonight before taking on the Hornets at home Saturday. So both teams tonight, or so, excuse me, Portland's coming off a game last night at Houston where they lost 126 to 109. So they're coming off a back-to-back. -back. Mm -hmm. Pelicans have a little bit of advantage there. They're going to be tired, two back-to-backs on the road. Hornets will also play tonight. So Pelicans and Hornets will both be coming off back-to-back -back Saturday. So that's good because you don't want to be a team coming off a back-to-back facing a fresh team right you know you have that and there'll be good home advantage there alexia jensa is coming he has been marked probable for tonight with that left shoulder injury but anthony davis still questionable with that right quad contusion tyreek evans still out quincy pondex are still out but for the first time yay drew holiday is not on the injury report for personal reasons so the pelicans will be excited to have his offensive spark tonight he will pl probably play limited minutes. Coach said he's obviously mm -hmm. not going to come out playing 35 minutes right off the bat. He has been working out. Coach said he's in great shape, but basketball shape's a little different when you're running up and down the floor, taking on guys one-on-one. -on -one. So we'll look out for that these upcoming games. Lots of connections between the Trailblazers and the Pelicans. I know. You always have these fun facts. Okay, okay so give it to me. <laughs> Dante Cunningham was with the Trailblazers in 2009-2011. He was actually drafted by the Trailblazers. Okay. So I like that one. He appeared in 119 games for them. But the one, my favorite one is Tim Frazier. So he appeared for in 40 games for Portland between 2015 and 2016. And they were the kind of the ones to give him his first start in the NBA. So he was obviously coming out of the D-League. And he's called Damian Lillard of Portland his best friend in general. Not just his best friend in the NBA, but they are really, really tight. So I'm sure he'll be excited to see him tonight. So that's really fun. And Terrence Jones is also native of Portland. So lots oh, of familiarity there. Nice. Yeah. Well, hopefully we come off with a win. Again, that game is tonight at the Smoothie King Center. Tip-off is at 7 p.m. Get your tickets at pelicans.com or by calling 504-525-HOOP. And then tomorrow night's game against the Hornets is at the Smoothie King Center as well, but tip-off is at 6 p.m., so a little bit earlier on that Saturday, but you can still get your tickets as well for that one. So for that Hornets game on Saturday, you're going to want to look out for Kimball Walker. The Hornets really didn't sign any major free agents or make any big trades this offseason, but they really put their money on Kimball Walker, and he's proving that, that that was a good choice. He's averaging 25.8 points per game right now, 5.5 assists, shooting 49.1% from the field. Like Steph Curry is the only one who has put up these kind of numbers like all across the season. So he's looking to be that kind of player for the Hornets. They're definitely banking on him. Also put up good 
um, signed good contracts for Nicholas Batum and Marvin Williams during the offseason. So those are their guys they're really banking on. Um, Cody Zeller, also a really agile starting center for them. So they are looking to have a lot of speed and playmaking in their front court. They don't have a lot of size. So that's going to be an interesting matchup for the Pelicans as well. Bench production for them isn't great. So if you can contain Kimball Walker, you have a chance there, especially if the Pelicans offense gets going. So that's something you want to look out for that on Saturday night for sure. Nice. Okay, so on today's show, we're going to talk to NewOrleansSaints.com senior writer John DeShazer. And Daniel Salerson also spoke with Casey Holdall, the beat reporter for Blazers.com, talking a little bit of basketball for tonight. So that is coming up. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back. You're at a dinner party. You're seated next to a loudmouth. Plus, there's no bread. Why is there no bread? Myrtle the family chow chow seems very interested in you. But you're allergic to Myrtle, and you left your inhaler at home. But it doesn't have to be this way. Win the night with the New Orleans Pelicans, facing off against the Portland Trailblazers, Friday, November 18th. Free sunshade courtesy of Smoothie King for the first 8,000 fans. Visit pelicans.com for tickets and win the night. Global pop sensation, Ariana Grande. Live in concert, the Dangerous Woman Tour. Smoothie King Center, April 11th. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. The brand new album, Dangerous Woman, is available now. Here's more at arianagrande.com. We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. Try the delicious Chunky Chicken and Sausage Gumbo. Just visit your local supermarket and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup, the hearty way to fuel your game, and the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. We're joined by John DeShazer, Saints beat writer for NewOrleansSaints.com. JD was at the game last night. What were your biggest takeaways from the game? Uh, well, I, I don't know how to say it different than this. Uh, the Saints continue to do things that get themselves beat. Uh, and when you do that in the NFL, on the road, it doesn't matter who the opposition is or at home. Uh, other teams are good enough to take advantage of it. So, you know, they had some sparkling numbers. Uh, they only allowed 223 yards of total offense. Uh, they held Carolina to 7-17 seven to 17 on, on third down conversion. Uh, Cam Newton completed only 14 of 33 passes. Uh, they only allowed 50 rushing yards. So they had a lot of great-looking numbers, but you know, a direct reflection of many games is when you look at the turnover margin. That was 2-0 in favor of Carolina. And then they had another kick blocked, a field goal attempt blocked. And while those aren't listed as turnovers, it's essentially a turnover, especially a routine kick win, because that takes points off the board for you. And when it directly turns into points for them, that's a huge swing, and that was a 10-point swing. And we've seen this happen three times with the Saints this season where they've had three kicks blocked and, and the opposition directly turns them into points. Uh, the New York Giants returned a, a field goal block for a touchdown. Denver returned a PAT that was blocked for the two-point conversion that won that game. 
and all of these can be directly seen on the school board. And if you're the Saints, you know, the Saints or anybody else, most teams aren't good enough to continue to overcome those kinds of things. It's hard enough to beat the opposition, just about impossible to beat the opposition and yourself in the same game. Yeah, Coach Payton talked about that in his press conference after the game and just really how he's going to look at special teams in the coming week in the preparation for the Rams. What do you think the Saints can do to kind of shore up the special teams or what's gone wrong there in the past couple of weeks? Well, I mean, apparently everybody or, or our, our opponents are seeing some weaknesses in the blocking scheme. They had a kick deflected uh, that went through a field goal against Oakland in the season opener. So opponents, you know, are like the Saints. They look at film. They see where the weaknesses are. Uh, Denver obviously saw something with the uh, with the leap, with the jump, to block the PAT. So the blocking scheme, obviously, is something that's going to have to be addressed. And, you know, one thing that Coach Payton always says is, you know, either we got to look at what we're doing or we got to look at who we're asking to do it. So one of the things they can do is, you know, there's not a whole lot schematically you can do, I don't think, when it comes to, block, to the blocking for PAT, the blocking for field goals. You just got to do it better, and if you got to do it better, that means that probably there's going to have to be different people doing it for the Saints because the current, you know, the current lineup of guys isn't doing it extremely well. I'm sure it's going to be something that they're going to pour over and invest a lot of time in over this long weekend because, you know, again, the Saints are putting themselves in position to be in games, putting themselves in position to win games, but those mistakes. Are costing them in the kicking game. I mean, even though the even though the offense turned it over four times against Denver, they're a PAT away from winning that game. Perhaps even though the offense turns it over twice against Carolina, if you don't have that blocked field goal and the ensuing touchdown from it, the Saints are in great position to win that game and still fall back and score 17 in the in the fourth quarter against the Panthers. So the the the, the offense has shown even when it makes mistakes it can rise to the occasion and still be able to get back into the game. The defense is improving by the game. Uh, Saints have allowed 23 points or, or less on defense in five consecutive games. And if you told anybody they'd be able to do that before the season, everybody would have said, we'll take that. So, you know, they're getting it done defensively. The offense, even when it makes mistakes, is able to correct those mistakes. But, you know, a team like the Saints right now isn't good enough to overcome the the, the – miscues in the special teams, and, and that's what really has cost them in three games this season. Mark Ingram ended up leaving the game with a concussion just as the Saints were starting to make that second-half comeback. How did him leaving the game end up impacting the Saints' offense? I don't think it, I don't think it terribly affected him because Tim Hightower played extremely well uh, in Mark's absence. Mark was making, uh, in fact, he had a 13-yard run before that, so he ran for uh, 28 yards and seven carries. And he was making a bigger impact probably in the screen pass game because Carolina was not giving up anything deep. So they were giving up, you know, whatever the Saints could get underneath. And Mark was being a good outlet, running the screen extremely effectively. And I think Tim Hightower did pretty much those same things. Now, if you miss Mark, what you miss is the leadership and the enthusiasm. Uh, he's a guy who understands the blitz pickup. He's been in the system for several years, so he understands the blocking schemes for running back. He knows the routes and all those things. But, again, I think Tim Hightower played pretty well in his absence. We just hope, obviously, that he's pretty well. You you look at his reaction of going off the game, and he was pretty ticked when he was walking off, which leads you to believe that he didn't feel that he should have been taken out of the game, shouldn't have had his helmet taken away. But, you know, the, the climate of the NFL and the climate of sports now is 
you have to take every precaution, especially when it comes to a potential head, head injury. So sometimes you have to protect the player from himself. It looks like last night they were protecting Mark from Mark, and I think that's a smart thing to do. Panthers' Luke Keekley also went out with a concussion, so that was a big story of the game. Multiple injuries for both teams. But coming off of a Thursday night game, you have a couple extra days to mull that tough loss. What do those extra days look like as far as the Saints' preparation coming up for the Rams, or do they kind of have a couple of days of rest? Yeah, you pretty much want to purge it. Um, you know, if you're the Saints, you want to get away for the weekend. I think the players will pretty much have the weekend off. You know, hopefully try to get it out of their minds. Now, look, this is their livelihood, so you don't completely step away from it. I don't care what you do and who you do it with. It's always there present in your mind because you're looking at a couple of missed opportunities. So, you know, the coaches aren't going to go very far because they have to, you know, they've got work to do in preparation for the Rams and to correct their own mistakes, especially in the kicking game. But the players probably should divorce themselves of it as quickly as possible. They've got a little bit longer to stew over these last two because they happened so fast, almost back-to-back and right close together. So, you know, it's a little bit more to contemplate and think about over the break. But hopefully they'll be able to move past it. It looks like they were able to do that with the Denver game by the way they finished out last night's game. Hopefully they'll be able to purge this one pretty quickly too. So in the coming weeks, obviously the Saints will host the Rams a week from Sunday, but for the rest of the season, what do you kind of think the Saints' ceiling is? Do you think they're going to be able to win the next couple, make that playoff run, or do you think at this point with the special teams' problems they're going to have to take some big adjustments to get there? Well, even with all the problems they've had, uh, and, you know, it, it's, you know, special teams, and, and even when they've turned it over, they're minus six in turnovers in their losses, but plus six when they win. You look at the you look at the the standing and the Saints right now today are two games behind Atlanta in the loss column and Atlanta leads the division and so there's still hope I mean they're four and six and yet they're they're right in touch with Atlanta they have a game against the Falcons to close out the season so you can make a make up a game in that situation but now they're going to have to take care of the business then they're going to have to depend on some outside help Somebody else is going to have to beat the Falcons. Somebody's going to have to take care of Carolina, which might be surging. Somebody's going to have to take care of Tampa Bay. All they can do is handle their own business. And the best thing they can do is now be the Rams team that's having an extremely difficult time of scoring and will be coming in with a rookie quarterback who will be starting his second game, Jared Goff, the number one overall pick. When he comes to New Orleans, that will be the second game he's starting this year if if he remains healthy uh, throughout this weekend. So you hope for the Saints' sake that that's a situation they can take care of a rookie quarterback on defense. The offense, you know, hey, in, the, in, the, in Drew Brees and Sean Payton, we trust. You know, this offense is going to score points. However, the Rams have been extremely stingy, but the, the Rams, you know, play a, a lot of man-to-man, and they gamble some, and they get after the quarterback. They'll blitz. You know, Greg Williams, that's what he's known for, their defensive coordinator. So there should be some opportunities there for the Saints if they're able to protect Drew Brees, and they've been able to do that pretty much for the whole season. So, You'd like to see him win a couple of games. You'd like to see him get back to 500 and see what happens with the Falcons because the Falcons' schedule doesn't get any easier down the stretch either. either. So there's going to be an opportunity to make up games. But the only way to make up games is to win games. And if you're the Saints, you know, that's priority one. They've got to start out by beating the Rams. All right. And you've heard it from Saints senior writer John DeShazer. Thanks for coming on with us this morning. I know it's been a late night for you um, coming back. So thank you so much for talking to us today. 
hey, I appreciate you, girl, you ladies, having me. Leading you a fun day Friday with the ladies. So I appreciate you guys having me. Anytime. Thanks, Definitely. JD. Coming up next, Daniel Salerson is going to speak with Casey Holdall, the beat reporter for Blazers.com. Auctioner believes the best way to predict the future is to invent it. Here, our doctors and staff are changing lives day after day. Every week, I'm operating on babies who are days old with hearts smaller than walnuts. We're giving these kids a life they wouldn't otherwise have, a chance to grow up. Sometimes, cancer patients come who were told they were out of options. But Auctioner has the most clinical trials in the state. It's amazing to be able to give second chances. We're always a step ahead, even with simple things, like getting you in to see a doctor today versus a week from now, so what you have doesn't become something bigger. It makes a difference. Every day, Auctioner is creating a better future by looking forward and thinking differently to find life-changing solutions. That's healthcare with peace of mind. Appointments are available today. Call 866-AUCTIONER or visit auctioner.org. Hi, Vincent Palumbo here. Terminex is the home of the $650 lifetime termite repair guarantee. Terminex provides termite protection and pest control. Call Terminex for all your pest problems. 834-7330. Got a long day ahead? Power on with Smoothie King's new coffee high-protein smoothies. It's a nutritious breakfast blended to shift your morning into high gear with delightfully smooth cold-brewed coffee for your mind and at least 30 grams of protein for your body. Try all four energizing flavors, vanilla, almond mocha, raspberry mocha, and cinnamon latte, and power on your day. New coffee high-protein smoothies. Coffee for your mind and protein for your body. Only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Daniel Sellerson. It is a Pelicans game day tonight at the Smoothie King Center. The Pelicans welcome in the Portland Trailblazers. Joining me now to give us a Blazers perspective on tonight's game is Casey Holdall, beat reporter for Blazers.com. Hello, Casey. Welcome back to the Big Easy. Hey, thanks for having me. Always one of my uh, favorite stops here. Yeah, no problem. Casey, uh, Blazers tough loss last night in Houston, 126-109. to They've lost two straight after starting 7-4. and um, Damian Lillard voicing his displeasure about uh, their frustration um, after the last two losses, how has this Portland team looked through 13 games? Uh, you know, it's it's been uneven, I think, is probably the best way to describe it. They, they've looked at times like a, a very solid offensive group with some of the, the trappings of a of an average defensive team, which is kind of what they're trying to get to. I mean, obviously, it's likely to be great on both ends, but... Uh, but it's been uh, it's been rather uneven, particularly without Farouk Aminu out uh, with with a left calf strain. Uh, it, it's really the the issues that they already had defensively have have really kind of come to the fore with a, with their best defender out. And you know, as of right now, they're they're having a hard time winning games because they're having a hard time holding any team to you know under 120 points. So, uh, like I said, it, it's it's been a I won't say it's been a bad start, but it's been a bit of a, a rocky start, and definitely not probably what what they were hoping for when they entered the season. I know everyone thought last year it was going to be a down year for Portland. Expectations probably weren't as high. They ended up making the playoffs, having a really nice season. Are expectations now a little higher for this season based on just last year's success and a pretty similar team from last year? Absolutely. And, you know, the, the team talks a lot about not letting those expectations kind of bother them and, 
and I, and I think they they're not you know blowing smoke necessarily about that, but but they also have higher expectations for themselves. And, and granted, last season they they thought they were better than everyone thought they were going to be, anyways. So and they kind of use that as their their rallying cry. But last year, this year, obviously the expectations are raised both from from outside and within. And you know I, I think that it's it, it's it's kind of a good thing actually. It's leading them to to kind of knowing that they can't stumble early out of the gate, which is what they did last year. They, I think they, they were 11-20 and 20 at one point last season uh, before they went their, on their run to get the fifth seed. So, so the fact that, they're, you know, that, that they know that they want to play better now and, and not rely on just having to make a run later on, I think is a good thing if you're a Trailblazer fan. But I also think that it, you know, it, it does have some effect in terms of how the team views themselves, particularly because, as you said, they, they are relatively unchanged from last year. So one would assume that, you know, they kind of come into this season and, and pick up right where they left off, and, and that just really hasn't been the case so far. We all know about the two-headed monster in Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum, but who has stepped up this season besides those two? Well, uh, particularly with Alfred Camino out, Mo Harkless ha- has been playing particularly well, uh, kind of a, a do-everything guy anyways. Uh, he, he guards up to four positions for the Trailblazers, and which, again, with, with Aminu out, they, they definitely need someone kind of, you know, patrolling the perimeter with, with some size because both Damian and CJ are a little undersized uh, for their positions. So uh, Mo has been great, uh, I think, and, and he's been a guy who was kind of the, you know, when they inserted him into the starting lineup last year, uh, along with, with Farouk, is where they kind of started to make their run. And, you know, Mo has built on, on what he did last season after falling completely out of favor in Orlando. Blazers got him literally for, for nothing from Orlando. And even in free agency this year, you know, he was kind of a forgotten guy. He was the last guy that the Blazers signed in free agency and well after the, the start of the period. So, so in some respects, he was a little a little forgotten. And, and Mo's come out and, and really played well and, and has shown the versatility that I think people were hoping they were going to see for him when he came out of St. John's. So, um, you know, Mo's been great, and they're, they're definitely going to need some other guys to step up as well here because they're, they're, uh, they're going through a tough stretch right now. You mentioned Al Farouk Aminu has been a, a really tough loss for this Blazers team. Um, what specifically are you missing with Al Farouk Aminu? I know you mentioned defense, but is there anything in particular that the Blazers are really hurting right now because of the injury to Al Farouk Aminu? Well, w- without Al Farouk, it, it doesn't give them a guy who can, who can switch on a lot of pick rolls, particularly with, with Harkless, which is how they've, they've kind of become accustomed to playing. Both those guys kind of around the same size, kind of with some of the same skill sets, so they're able to like I said, to really switch on a lot of the, the rotations and it allows them to, you know, maybe make up for, for some deficiencies that they might have other places on the defensive end. So uh, without him out there, it really does change what they do. And they've been kind of going back and forth between starting uh, Al, Alan Crabb, who, who is a straight-up small forward shooting guard. You know, he, he can't really – so that requires Mo Harkless to then drop down to guarding power forwards on a regular basis. And, and while he's got the, the – the, the height, he's not exactly a thick guy, so so that's an issue. Sometimes they start Myers Leonard, uh, but Myers is, is not nearly as good at his adept at guarding, you know, stretch force on the perimeter, which you know every team seems to have nowadays. So uh, it, it's it's really it. Alfred kind of is the, the thing that kind of holds the Blazers' defense together uh, with just his versatility, again his, his ability to to guard multiple positions and to to do enough to stretch the opposing defense is out by shooting the corner three. Uh, he started the season actually shooting really poorly from three, but last year he shot 46% uh, by far a career high for him. So it, it's, it's not just the defensive ends they're missing out for Rukat. He's a guy who can cut, a guy who, again, can, can offensive rebound. So 
you know, he, he he's a bit underrated, I think, outside of Portland. In Portland, everyone is is, is well aware of the of the kind of the versatility that that Farouk brings. But without him out there, I think you're you're seeing kind of what what they miss with him because they, they're again stopping teams right now is uh is really not a winning proposition for the Toronto Blazers. One of your big offseason acquisitions was Evan Turner. How has he adjusted to a new system and a new role with Portland? You know, it, it's been a it, again, it's been an uneven start for for Evan and the Trailblazers. Um, you know, on one hand, he 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 gives them some ball handling, some playmaking they need in that second unit, uh, particularly in the playoffs last year against the Clippers, uh, when teams would would really you know send everything they could at Damian and, and CJ. Blazers didn't really well. They had to rely on Mason Plumlee, who did a very admirable job of, of playmaking. But you know, I think it was at that point the team realized, you know, we need a, a third guy at least to handle the ball. And so that that's what Evan Turner gives them right now. Uh, I, I think they're they're hoping at some point in time that he's going to be a bit more of a facilitator and hopefully can get his offense going a bit. He's a guy who, you know, if he could could develop into that third scorer for the Blazers, that that would that would really go a long way to helping this team out. Uh, it hasn't really been the case so far for Evan. He struggled a bit from the field. Uh, not known as a as a very good three point shooter, and that's something that that you need to do in Terry Stotts' offense. And he's taking the shots; uh, he's just not making a whole lot of them just yet. So, uh, again, a, another another bit of an uneven start. And I would say, you know, kind of the the integration of of Evan Turner into the team uh, from a play standpoint, obviously, I mean, locker room wise, he's been great. Uh, is kind of the story for the Trailblazers early season outside of of Al Farouk's injuries. So uh, that that's. That's something that they're going to need to improve, and Evan is going to need to, to get a bit more comfortable, particularly with the rotations and the decisions on the offensive end. Because, you know, in a Terry Stotts offense, while you don't necessarily have a guy who's just going to dribble the ball a lot, you do need guys who understand what passes they're supposed to make. And right now it's still a, a bit of a learning curve for Evan. We're talking with Casey Holdall, beat reporter for Blazers.com. Casey, we're not sure how much Drew Holiday will play tonight, but having him back is big for the Pelicans with him and your good buddy Tim Frazier. How does Holiday's return change the Blazers' game plan, if any, for tonight? You know, I, I think it, pro- it probably doesn't a whole lot for the Blazers, and I'm glad that uh, I'm glad you got a Timmy Frazier shout out. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout to to Tim. Glad he's uh, he's doing well here in New Orleans. Uh, you know, I, I think for the most part, it, it it doesn't change a whole lot for the Blazers. I mean, it's it's obviously another guard they're going to have to deal with. Um, but but the, you know, unless he's going to come out and score thirty tonight, which you know, who never knows. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm not so sure that, that that's the biggest concern for Portland. I think obviously scoring in the paint is something that the Blazers have had an issue with with defending this season. And uh, I know that Drew can get in there, but I, I'm guessing that there are probably a bigger fish to fry, so to speak, for the Blazers tonight on the on the offensive end at least. But definitely, I mean, a, a great thing for the Pelicans to get him back. And, and I know you guys have been trying to find kind of that answer at. at point guard for a while now and uh you know hopefully drew can be that for you guys but uh hopefully maybe he just doesn't get off too much tonight hmm. uh on that note you talk about getting in the paint what do the blazers have to do to secure a win tonight and how can the pelicans pull off the upset at home well i, I think they need to defend well on the perimeter particularly from three-point range i, I think portland needs to um they're gonna have to score a lot too and that, that's kind of the thing about the trailblazers right now is that he they, they're not a team right now that can come out and just stop teams and get the win scoring 95 points. You know, they're, they're going to have to score at least 100 to win. Uh, I think both Damian and CJ having big nights is, is at this point seems to be almost required for the Blazers to to have a good chance, uh, at least on the road, against good teams. So I think that, that they're going to look to get those guys going early. 
Uh, and as far as what the Pelicans can do, if the Pelicans get in the paint, if Anthony Davis can get put up a triple-double, if he, if he does, in fact, go tonight, as James Harden did last night, uh, I think they're going to stand a good chance. If he doesn't go, um, you know, I, I, I do like the, uh, the Blazers' chance in this one, even though they are struggling a bit right now. And that's the other part, too, is that they're struggling against really good teams and playing all right against teams that are kind of at their level, and I think that's probably where the Pelicans are at right now. So it should be a good one. Yep, absolutely. Should be a good one tonight. Pelicans and Blazers at the Smoothie King Center. Casey Holdall will be there, a beat reporter for the Portland Trail Blazers. Casey, thanks for the time. Enjoy the rest of your day here in New Orleans, and we'll see you at the arena tonight. All right, thanks a lot. All right, up next, Brian Cassie will wrap things up. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Don't miss any of the New Orleans Pelicans action this season. Pick the four games that are right for you. The Pelicans Pick 4 plan, presented by Domino's, guarantees seats to see Anthony Davis and your New Orleans Pelicans take on the biggest names in the NBA, including matchups against Golden State and Cleveland. Packages start as low as $40 and come with a free medium one-topping pizza from Domino's. To pick your four games, visit pelicans.com today. Win the night for the entire family with a Pierre's Party Pack. Ticket packages are available for select Pelicans home games throughout the season and include three or more tickets, combo meals, and an encore free throw experience with Pierre the Pelican, all for as low as $48. The next Pierre's Party Pack night is Saturday, November 19th against the Charlotte Hornets. For more information and to plan your next winning night out with the gang, visit pelicans.com today. Hi, Vincent Palumbo here. Terminex is the home of the $650 lifetime termite repair guarantee. Terminex provides termite protection and pest control. Call Terminex for all your pest problems. 834-7330. We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. Try the delicious chunky chicken and sausage gumbo. Just visit your local Winn-Dixie and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup, the hearty way to fuel your game, and the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report wrap things up on this Friday edition of the Black and Blue Report. A big Pelicans weekend coming for, for you and no Saints football on Sunday so that's going to be a little weird. I know. What are you going to do on Sunday? Just <laughs> so watch all free. the other teams? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I usually am tuned into my hometown Panthers but since they both played last night, I feel so free on Sunday. I, know. I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. It's like an off day. <laughs> AD will actually be providing and serving dinner at the New Orleans Mission to kind of spread some Thanksgiving cheer Sunday night so I'll be at that for the team. That's and, great. Yeah, I love it. Solomon Hill did the same thing last night at the Salvation Army Center of Hope with his girlfriend Ashley and you could tell the guy, the people there really, really loved seeing him there. They catered a nice Thanksgiving meal for everyone. It was a lot of fun. That's great. It's it's good to get involved. I love to see when the players get involved in the community. Yeah, I think it makes that connection between the team and the community that much more special. Definitely. So again, that Pelicans game coming up tonight is against the 7-6 and six Trailblazers at 7 p.m. And the first 8,000 fans get a really cool <laughs> Smoothie King sunshade for your car. 
Absolutely. You got to be rolling around with that in your car. I want to see them when I'm out and about in New Orleans. I want to see those sunshades in the mirrors. (laughs) Right. And then again, tomorrow night is kids night at the Smoothie King Center and the Pelicans take on the seven and three Charlotte Hornets. Tip off is at 6 p.m. So a little bit earlier, Um, but make sure you get your tickets so you can come in the arena and enjoy some good Pelicans basketball. And then, yeah, no Saints game this weekend because we had that tough loss last night. But the next Saints game will be Sunday, November 27th. It's actually my sister's birthday. And it'll be back in the Superdome at noon. And that'll be playing the L.A. Rams, the new L.A. Rams. So definitely not going to want to miss that one. Um, Just so you guys know, next week is going to be a little different with Thanksgiving. We're going to have shows Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. But there will be no Black and Blue Report on Thursday and Friday. No, you guys are going to miss us, I'm sure, (laughs) on Black Friday. Actually, you're probably just going to be shopping up a storm. (laughs) So we'll be back (laughs) the following week, and we'll look forward to it. Yeah, definitely. So thanks for tuning in to today's edition of the Black and Blue Report. It's Bri and Cassie, and we are signing off. We'll catch you again after Thanksgiving. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report, presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. If all goes well, we'll be back next week. Tune in each weekday at noon central or at your convenience exclusively online at pelicans.com and neworleansaints.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.